God wants to guard our hearts, to guide our hearts, how does love of others infect or affect that process? Welcome to the Sifted Wheat Podcast with Leslie Lamb, a counselor by profession, a minister of truth, and a lover of people. This is a safe place where she sets a path for others to learn how to move through hard seasons with confidence and grace, encouraging your faith, empowering your choices, and challenging your perceptions through the word, the wisdom from years of counseling others, and her own experience of being sifted. Here's Leslie. So in our last episode, we talked about the importance of loving ourselves and how that's different from being lovers of ourselves. And before that, we talked about the importance of loving God. And all along, we've been having this conversation that says that it's loving God that helps us to recognize love in its purest form and teaches us how to love others safely. And safely is the key word there that I want us to focus on as we are going through what I've actually divided up into two separate episodes because the more I got to thinking about it, the more I realized that this is a space that really needs um, a little bit more time to digest. First, we need to digest how that love for others puts us in risk and a harm's way. And then next, I will talk about how that love for others could actually put them at risk and at harm's way. So today we're going to talk about ourselves in the space of putting others before God. So a lot of times when we think about order, it seems like there is a prescription for us. And we, as a culture, don't like to be told what to do. And here's the thing, like we don't have to like it. But if we are going to be committed followers of Christ, we have to respect and honor that there is an order to the love that he has called for us to have. And, you know, we've talked about being mindful of our heart and our emotions, our mind, loving the Lord our God with our mind includes our intellect and thoughts. And then loving God with all of our strength is what we're doing, our ability, our creativity, we even talked about. So the importance of letting our love for God be first is to allow that love to penetrate us and align our identity with what he says. And we talked a little bit about truth, not believing that you have a truth or that I have a truth, but that there's truth outside of ourselves and why that's important to recognize. And then also that love for God being first allows that pure form of love to be poured out, which means that we're going to see the best in others and we're going to love our enemies and what exactly that means. So when we have that disordered love and we talked about how disordered love is akin to lust, right? It's more about that love that wants to possess and have for itself that disordered love opens us up to harm. And as I've mentioned in previous episodes, that's why we need to be sure that we're getting that order right so that we're not hurting ourselves as well as hurting others. So why does loving others above God set us up to get hurt? Well, 
if we aren't careful, we can make our love for God second and our love for others God-like. So instead of seeing God through what is created, we begin to see God in what was created. It becomes our God. We make our love for God second instead of making God the source of our love. And that's where that whole God is love, all is love, love is love gets so tangled up and confused because when you don't have an order, yes, all of those things can be possible. And we can allow our love for others to be the source of our happiness. And if we allow that to happen, then that means that we're going to become subject to the love of others. And so that sets us up to either be manipulated or to be abused, or like I said in another episode, like that becomes oppressive. And so we want to make sure that our love for others doesn't translate to need, right? Our needs being unmet leads to a sense of rejection and abandonment, which ultimately makes me a victim to another person rather than feeling empowered. True love, like we said, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, if you look through all of those things, true love is going to empower you. It's not going to oppress you. So if I'm feeling like I'm not empowered in my love for another person or that another person's love for me doesn't empower me, then that's going to create a sense of fear. And what produces fear is not love. And fear cannot exist in the presence of perfect love. 1 John 4, 18 tells us that perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who is matured or perfected in love has no fear. See, if our needs are congruent with somebody else's providing them and we need that from people, then that can morph into lust and our appetite will never be satisfied and our thirst will never be quenched because that kind of need, that kind of lust, that kind of passion and desire, it will never be enough, which means that I could actually become an aggressor in my love for another person because Many, many soul wounds were started with this phrase, if you really loved me. And that's because the love that is communicated in that is an oppressive love. It's a love that demands. It's a love that says my needs must be met in you. And that is a dangerous place to be. I've been on the other side of that and I've also exacted that in my life. And if I could just go back and, and undo that and say, you know what? I actually, I, I do love you and I want what's best for you. And if what's best for you is being separate from me, I want to give you that permission. I don't want to hold on to you. Like if I lost you, my world would fall apart. That's not love. That's lust. And I've been there before and I've, I've experienced that before and it's not fun. It's, it's very overwhelming and it can feel suffocating and it feels scary too, right? Because if, if someone loves me that much, then wow, that's just way too much power that they have given me. 
And that is not what true love would do. And so a lot of times when I'm thinking about this, we think about, you know, secure attachment. Knowing that I'm loved requires also knowing that that connection isn't going anywhere if I disappoint the person or if I move out of that space or I'm having a bad day, the love doesn't disappear. And so I'm not fearful of rejection. I'm not fearful of abandonment because I recognize that I'm secure in that attachment. So one of the things when you're reading through attachments and you're learning more about what that is, think about a kid who's playing with blocks, right? And I know that we've all had this moment, right? Where you love your kid so much and they're maybe a toddler and they're moving through that, you know, need to be on mama's lap and need to do all the things with mama or daddy. And they're moving more in that place of independence and one day you walk in and they're, you know, they've been quiet. So you go in and check on them and they're sitting with the blocks and they're playing with the blocks. And it's just so sweet to watch them. What's your response? Do you want to interrupt that and pick them up and love on them and remind them like, oh, this is good. And all the good things that you experience in your life are going to be connected to me. Because if we do that, And if that's our thoughts in that moment, that's actually unsafe. Boundaries allows another person to have their needs fulfilled and met outside of me. So if I think that I have to be a part of everyone's joy and I have to be a part of everyone's safety and I have to be a part of their lives so that they know that I am valuable, then I have put myself in the space of an aggressor and I'm technically not safe. So we have to recognize that my needs don't have to be fulfilled in another person and their needs don't have to be fulfilled by me. God knows the importance of secure attachment in our life and he knows that it requires four things, safety, security, being seen, and being comforted. And we're going to do another series one day to expand on all of that. But God not only knows that, but over and over, he assures us in his word that all four of those essential needs are fully met in him. Do a word search. See that for yourself. All that we need to feel safe and secure is fully met in the personhood of Jesus Christ, fully met in the fathership of God the Father, fully met in the release and the presence of the Holy Spirit, fully met. And our needs are not ignored, but they can instead be directed towards him, the one who loves our soul and needs nothing from us, but asks, love me first. Why? Because he recognizes that I am safe to love And I am safe to love you. And if you will receive everything that you need from me, then you won't open yourself up to injury by trying to gain the needs through others. Putting others above God sets us up to feel rejected, sets us up to feel abandoned because people, as good as they are, as loving as they are, and they may truly be loving. I, I used air quotes, but I'm, I'm serious. 
as loving as they are, they are not perfect, which means at some point they are going to fail to represent the purest of love to you. And when that happens, it opens your soul up to believe the lie that you've been rejected and you've been abandoned. It's countercultural to believe that we shouldn't love people as much as we love God. But I hope that you can see, even though we have very little experience and context for this, that what we call love primarily in our culture is lustful for the purpose of meeting my needs and for the purpose for me to meet their needs. But loving God first recognizes that there are needs that I can meet in you, but not all of them. And there are needs that you can meet for me, but not all of them. And that is what keeps us safe in loving one another because loving God first allows me to put people in their proper context and it brings awareness to my value and their value in a very healthy way. So the importance of loving God is not to dismiss people. It's not to hurt people. It should never be a vehicle of hurt. In fact, we're going to talk more about that next time. The importance of how putting love for others over God opens them to harm too, but how it doesn't call us to be judgmental or cruel, but recognizing where do you begin and I end and where do I end and you begin boundaries. The importance of that. And I don't understand that importance if I don't First, recognize God's love for me. And his love has boundaries too. And we're going to talk more about that next time. So I really encourage you this week to really sit with, am I starting to exalt people over God? Am I starting to believe that if I don't have this relationship, my world is going to fall apart? Am I starting to believe that if this person doesn't show me love and affection, then I'm not really loved or I'm not really seen, then that is a huge red flag that you have put people's love over God's love. So I want to encourage you this week, sit with that, process that, and get that back in alignment. Where have you done that? And where is God asking you to love him first? Where are you putting certain roles of your life on people? And where is God saying, actually, I can fulfill that role? It's really important that we get that right. And it's really important that we understand that so that we can be a healthy church. We can be healthy Jesus followers. We've had enough of the unhealth. We've had enough of the hurt. We've had enough of the harm. If we are going to be healthy, we have got to be loved by the healthy one. And I want to encourage you this week, sit in the love of the healthy one and love others safely. 